You're about to enter seventh heaven. If you like this pod, then you can show your support by rating us five stars and hitting that little subscribe button to help us climb the pod rankings and spread the sevens gospel. If you're looking for extra content, you can go to our YouTube page or our social channels, Twitter and Instagram, our handle at seventh heaven pod. Again, like, subscribe, share, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the first and the last word in International Sevens. It's your celestial one-stop pod for all things Rugby Sevens, Seventh Heaven, up in the clouds with me, Bernsey. And of course, I'm joined as ever by Mitch and Chip. There's no Burts this week. The boys are back in town and we've uh, we've got a special guest, haven't we, lads? We've got another England captain, uh, a big name on the series with the mic. It's Rob Vickerman. And thank God, because he knows way more about sevens than all us three put together. So we finally got an expert on, but he's going to be coming on later. But boys, I'm saying hello to you and welcome to everybody who's listening. Bernsey, thanks very much. Um, don't do yourself down like that. You're an expert of the game as well. Um, admittedly, Vix has got his voice across the game more so than you and probably more so than you would like. Is that going to be an issue later <laughs> or do we need to... Do we need to take that one on now or we're going to be all right? We are all good, baby. We're all good, baby. He does, he does, he does, he does definitely know more than me, though, because I got contacted last week by the old England Sevens kit man who was outraged that I didn't know the numbers of your jersey. So Dave Feltham reached out to me and, mate, he just laid into me. He was outraged, absolutely yeah, outraged. And, and so you, he should, he's, he's well within his rights to be outraged. Burnsy is one of, like, not only a top quality podcast host, I, you, you're our friend as well, Burnsy. You've, you've grown, grown into the friendship. <laughs> I just feel a bit let down. Next thing you'd be saying, I'm playing in a red head guard. <laughs> never, 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 never. It makes me sick when I see other people with blue ones on. Just, just as a side note, can we get Dave Feltham on the pod? Because he's a legend of, of the game. Inside of a kit, man, I'd like to hear that. Mate, and honestly, it's an interesting thing about sevens which people probably don't know that much about the whole liaison officer role which we have at every tournament someone who looks after us everywhere we go and dave has done the job for the london sevens for god knows how many years too long he's got a glorious barnet as well Ben. you'd be oh, jealous lovely lovely looking he, does, he, he does, does have a glorious barnet and he's a geezer he's the, as well. he's the richmond kit man now he's a proper geezer wait till he comes on mitch will be like proper go into his chimney sweeping accent like he he does if we've got a big physical game Mitch slides into it come on let's let's smash him let's smash him up (laughs) Chippy you're going to carry up the guts the guts and your entrails everywhere (laughs) you do you do get like that though Mitch your your accent does change depending on who we've had on the pod it's malleable yeah I'm um, I'm a chameleon Um, I just change change depending on the environment well you're certainly not a comedian so at least there's something that sounds like it and that's why they pay him the big bucks i'll keep chucking them up so you can sound good on the pod bernsey i'm glad you brought your a-game today because this is pretty much like an interview for you isn't it when vix is on he's going to be looking to see if you've got it or you haven't all right because someone's going to have to help him out on the world series comms we said we've said to you you're the man we think you're the man not what you said last week didn't you say to Hates about not getting. You said, "Oh, make sure you get fixed. Don't get Burnsy for the commentating <laughs> on the tournament." Yeah, shame, shame, shame that he's the man. Stuff came a week too late. Thanks for that, brother. Um, but uh, but Dave Felton did appreciate my comeback to not knowing your numbers about Dan Norton scoring all the tries and winning all the games. So therefore, he was the only only jersey worth remembering. He was good. Oh, oh, frosty, frosty. Um, <laughs> Um, all right then, boys. There's been loads going on. Have we got anything, we've got anything else that we need to talk about? We got any sort of other organic banter to to sort of uh, delve, delve into? I think once you start teeing up banter, it's not organic. Anyway, boys, there's been plenty going on. There's actually been plenty of rugby going on, so we might as well 
broach that topic. It includes the tournament that you guys played at St George's Park. And where are you now? You're back in Loughborough, but you've been at St George's Park. It's a crazy old world being part of the GB7's crew, ain't it? It's actually annoying, isn't it, when there's so much rugby to talk about that you sort of feel compelled to talk about the rugby rather than just being able to chat absolute breeze for the hour like we normally do. Um, yeah, mate, plenty going on for us. It's actually been a pretty mad couple of weeks, hasn't it? Um, but last week felt like being away at Sevens Tournament. We're in the hotel, we're playing cards with the boys, you're gearing up for the weekend, there's a few butterflies floating around, you know, you're having your meetings, you're doing your prep, and then you get to play proper matches. It was so good, mate. It was so good. Um, there's a few of us who kind of, I think we knew how much we'd missed it, but the whole package of like, you know, the build up, spending time with the boys, being in the hotel was epic. And like, oh, I just remind you of how awesome the Sevens, the Sevens life is. Oh, that, sevens, that Sevens life, even though you just jumped on a motorway in England to go to a different part of England. Yeah, all it takes. All it takes. It was like when you've given something to a charity shop and we walk past the window and you're like, oh God, that top looks good. Oh no, no, it's my top. That's what I used to do. I used to wear it all the time. That's what I felt like last week. <laughs> but it was, to use another metaphor, it was also a little bit like when you're really thirsty and someone gives you a very small glass of water. It was a bit like that because definitely wanted more, didn't we? Because mm. um, ultimately, there's only three games across the weekend for everyone, which was great. But, you know, God, boys, are, boys are lapping it up now and really looking forward to some more games, hopefully. In the next couple of weeks. So to stick with the drinking analogy, was it also like when you're at university and you're giving it, been, giving it the big ones to the people you've met on your halls and or your course or whatever, and then you have the first night out and suddenly you actually see how people perform, whether, you know, what you've seen in the nets translates to the cricket square. Yeah. <laughs> to, 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 to mix up my sporting analogies what I'm saying is was it nice to see all the teammates who you hadn't seen play in a proper match all together perform when it actually counted it, yeah. it, it was yeah I mean especially for the I think for the bigger boys it's a bit of a, there's a more of a difference when it comes to games versus training because we, we only you can only do three or four minutes like well you can do, obviously do as long as you want full contact but they tend to only do like three or four minute blocks of, of full goo in training. Um, and you don't get those tired people, the, the people dropping off tackles. Uh, but the, in touch, it's fine for the nippy little bastards because they can just jog and jump around people. But you can't kind of bulldoze through anyone or get your offloads away in, in tackles as effectively in training as you can in games. So, I, yeah, I thought it was pretty bloody good. So you got to do a bit, you got to do a bit of bone crushing out there. And look, should we talk about. The old Seventh Heaven connection, the old magic stardust. We all saw it on social media. The big goose in the middle of the scrum, one against the heads. Mate, against back the, the wizard, You back to the wizard it. and he went the length. You don't, you don't see it enough, do you? You don't see a lot against the head. The tight head standing up, not strictly street legal, round the outside of the scrum, <laughs> booting it through, got a size 12 Adidas, thank you very much for the boots, <laughs> straight through to the Mitchell. And then Mitchell's on fire. Mate, it was, Irish defence is terrified because Mitchell's on fire. <laughs> it was absolute service. Straight to feet. Straight to feet. Off I, I go. Wouldn't expect anything less. That was lovely. I, I did give Chippy the nod at the time for the assist. I look back, I was smiling. It was just at half time, so you, you can afford to be happy for a minute at half time. Mm. No, it was nice. Nice moment. Nice to get a meat pie, actually. Don't score on that often these days. What Do you remember what it feels like, Chip? Do you remember what it feels like to score? No. It was a sad, was a sad weekend for me. I didn't find myself... Uh, I had one carry in the 22, maybe. Um, yeah, so no meat pies for me. So bit of a bit of a sadness. Such is life. Do you... Do, do we know the last time you scored a try, Chip? Can we, can we put a date on it? Can we put a length of time on it? A, what, a real mm. try? Real, real try not a Bermudan try not that funny money uh, it's, 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 it's got to be going back to 2019 now I think unfortunately I don't think I scored in Cape Town did I? no I don't think I scored in Cape Town so yeah probably probably 2019 that's sad times it's over two years right there but anyway I'm not there I'm not Ooh. there for that I got quite a few turnovers on the weekend quite happy but a couple 
bit overeager in some breakdowns, but I'm not going to go and self-critique myself. The coaches get into enough of that. 2019. If you didn't score in Cape Town, because that was the last time Cape Town was, that would mean 2018 oh, would be the last time you scored. Oh, what's a year, year eh? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Well, they minus a year anyway. COVID, potato, potato. COVID robbed us of a year. Uh, you say Nelly Potato, I say Nelly Potato. Um... <laughs> okay. Uh, what have you been up to, Burnsy? <laughs> well, well I've been up to. I got my va- va- got my vaccine yesterday. Oh, nice! Oh, it's nice and to see. I didn't realise they were into the forties. That's exactly still at the forties age group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. High five it all you want. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it was my birthday last week, so yeah, I'm now of age. Surprisingly, <laughs> yeah, we spoke about it because we normally do a pod on his birthday, but we didn't. I begged, I begged, begged to do a pod on, on my birthday, but you wouldn't give it to me. How old uh, are you now then, just for the listeners? Because I know we mug you off, but like everyone should know the fact. 46. Minus 10 years, th- 36. Oh, such a spring chicken, Benji. Yes. You're such a rough ride, don't we? Had a bit of an uphill, have a, a uphill paper round though, hence the visage is one for podcasting. Into the wind and through a bramble bush. Very much so. Yeah, so it's my birthday and poor, what else? Bit of commentating, bit of teaching. Fuck, it has been so wet this month. Jesus. You boys have been out you boys have been out there a fair deal. Horrible. If oh, I, mate, it's up, it's chi- Chippy's loving it because it's up the guts type of weather. If I could put studs in the bottom of a pair of wellies, I'd wear them. Yeah. I think that's what Mizuno do anyway, don't they? Oh! Rival boot brand banter right here. Who are you who's your boot brand sponsor? Addy, three stripes till we die, baby. <laughs> or until someone else sends me a pair. <laughs> no, I mean, I, no, I love Addy that. I have done for years, I've told him. Please send me boots. Uh, Mitch is actually, though, officially Tools Adidas. of the trade, tools of the trade. He's been waiting t- two seasons <laughs> to drop it in, but he is actually an Adidas official ambassador. Are you as well, Bernsy? you got a t-shirt on today. Mmm... Is Mitch an official Adidas ambassador? Do you remember when you gave me that? Do you remember when you gave me a code to go and buy some merch? Did not work. And it was cheap. Oh, it was cheaper if I did it off my account and used like a Googled voucher code. I think they're mugging you off, mate. I can't promise you, can't promise you the world. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I was making you work for it. That was in the early days of podding. We were still colleagues then. We weren't mates at that point, maybe. Yeah. yeah, he put his uh, geezer accent on and was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw you at Adidas code, Adidas code. T-shirt turns up with four stripes on it. (laughs) Very good. You boys are full of beans. Ready. I'm actually really excited tonight. And I don't know why, because there's a a strange... Go on. Go on. Go on. I know the reason you're excited tonight. Because we got someone else on here to do all the hard work for us. we got Vix coming on, <laughs> See, that, who, know, who knows everything about Seven. So we just need to prompt with a couple of questions and he'll just go. We just wind him up and let him Burns, let the teacher chat away. I thought away. you were going. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> you, we're happy because we finally got someone on who's more boring than Mitch. <laughs> I thought that's where you're going to go as well. Vic and uh. as he's called to his friends. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna love this. So when he uh, listens back on the intro, <laughs> <laughs> just checking you are recording this gold because I don't want I don't want you to miss a minute of this. Right, more than enough jibber jabber from us. It's time to get our guest on, who this week is none other than Rob Vickerman, the former England sevens captain. He went to a World Cup in 2013 in Russia alongside Mitch and played over 50 times in the English Premiership. Since then, he's gone on to carve a pretty successful path as a commentator on the World Series and at the Rugby World Cups for the 15-a-side format. And more importantly, he was the one calling the games for the recent tournament at St George's Park featuring Great Britain, USA and Ireland in the men's and in the women's Great Britain, France and Ireland. So he's very well placed to give us a state of where the game is at right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Vic's up in seventh heaven. One night in heaven, one night in heaven. Here he is. Oh, you're tuned in to Yorkshire FM. Fernsey, where's like the full on studio you normally got behind you with that? The soundproofing. 
Uh, well, mate, I'm killing it at the moment and living at my mum and dad's, so... Oh, uh... right. <laughs> Excellent. And, and sounding like shit as well. He's a, fu- um, he's a fucking amateur, Vic, isn't he? He's an amateur. No, he's really good. We'll get him on Sky Sports. <laughs> a few too many big nights out, Vic. Taking its toll on oh, your voice, no. is it? It's COVID, mate. COVID jab. And then we quite literally gay crashed the neighbours. So it was her 30th birthday next door. And the lad was like, you're going to come around for a few, right? Don't really do a few, mate. We're all, we're all in or not. And uh, he got a bit loose, actually. It was good. Can we get, at the risk of going in at the wrong end, can we get into that as an opening gambit and share as much as you want? But there's a bit of a... The awareness amongst the players is that the commentators on the World Series get into it in a pretty big way. They're very professional, do a very good job, but they also like to... They work hard and they play hard, should we say, Vix? Is that the case? Steady. You, you've had Maloney and KT plead our case, if you're not. Like, it's it's very much a release. They didn't go down the road very far. Like, I want to know, like, who's, who charges, who leads it? Are you, you're hosting court sessions, I imagine. Um, no, it's, uh, it's a really weird feeling, mate. And the weirdest thing about it is you're there all day. Like, you do a full-on shift. When you get there at seven, you don't leave till nine. Where's that? Was that <laughs> evidence of Maloney? So Maloney is his reputation precedes him, and he's a he can drink like he's a boozer, but he's an Aussie, so it's like part of their culture in it. Um, and then the weird <laughs> thing is, after you've done a full day, so it can be you know your Hong Kong seventy-two games of a three days brutal shift. You can't then switch off. It's really strange. Well, so you you got, like the are you calling like the lights out? You're like, and Mitchell goes to the bar and slides <laughs> a pint over to Decarbentier, who puts it away for a try, and that's a great finish from Decarbentier's first try in three years. Outstanding from the big man. <laughs> you need to piss this to Nicky. Nicky. That's, that's, that's something you find as well, that's it. Thanks. Pub comms. So, yeah. could, be, could be the next big thing. Who knows? That is good, man. I actually, when you started doing that, you were like Andrew Flintoff then. That was really good. It's almost... Don't give him that, Vic. I get that all the Don't time. Don't give him He's that. from Preston. Hey, hey. He's from Preston. <laughs> Muckers, apparently. No, I never met oh, him. Oh, yeah. Not yet. But no, it's uh, uh, it's not it's not like a proper boozy one. K- KT's not a big drinker, but when he goes, he goes. <laughs> no, we're not in the business of no. um, dragging people down on the pod. No, Jeff Burnsy. Jeff Burnsy. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's Burns, the role that turn, I fulfill. Turn into the fish. You know, like the, the rugby pod one where he doesn't ever chirp up and contribute. You've you got to be leading this one, mate. Come on. Oh, God, Jesus. Give the conversation a little bit of time to breathe. Don't worry, the big dog's going to shine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you what, though. He does well, doesn't he? He literally says about seven words an episode and, you know, he's there front and centre. The fish. The weird fish. Yeah, the fish, yeah. Where do you, where do you like, place yourself then? Because there's a pod. You're always in that realms of you don't want to be as nerdy and nosy as the BBC one because they can't have that much crack. Albeit, they're definitely getting a bit more. And then you've got the rugby pod, which is just debauchery. Where, where are you pitching it? We don't like to compare where? ourselves to other pods, Vix. That's why we're heaven. Seventh heaven, we're above. Above it. We're above it all. Rise well, Bernsey, was Bernsey thinking was thinking of an answer there before you jumped in. He knows how to produce. <laughs> Um, is it where? Where do we pitch it? It's somewhere in the middle. It's it's well because you two because Mitch and Chip are current players. They can't spill all the beans and say where all the bodies are buried just yet. So this is like two and a half years of dancing with my hand on their ass before actually making the move and we get real down and dirty, and it's like a massive expose. But then Mitch wouldn't like that to be the whole way. So that's why we've got Norse's corner to give the illusion that right. it's about sevens and nausing off about the technicalities of the game. I'm sort of like a Geppetto character, just Yeah, I've seen your pen, mate. You poise with your pen. I know you, you, you're poking this one in the right direction. I've seen you. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Well, what, do you, what do you reckon, Vix? Have you listened to many? Yeah, I get the odd, the odd few come through. I, I just Chip abuses me for this Norse's corner because apparently whatever... I end up doing for expert view is going, you've nicked the pot again. You nicked the pot like, mate, we did that three weeks ago. There was, there was a pattern. There was a pattern <laughs> where we did, Nor- we did Norse's Corner, then you pop up on the telly doing expert view and we'd be like, Jesus Christ. Why didn't you call <laughs> expert view Norse's Corner? Because it's, it's essentially what it is, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's what, that's what Alex Payne's done, isn't it? We're good, the bad, the rugby. So, so he's, he's now got Norse's Corner. Is he actually? Behave. Norse, yeah. You guys, you guys won't know this, actually, but every single game you do for BT, you get 
an encyclopedia of information. As you showed you, it's ridiculous, mate. Like the level of detail, every single game, every round, every stat, every point is all allocated. And then the best bit about it is someone is very clever as a sub-editor and they come up with titles for each of these little paragraphs of information. But I mean, the amount of hours, if you were on Burnsy, how many hours you putting in on that? Um, probably about six hours on doing like the on the on the note stock six hours, and then for the biographies, it depends on the teams. But probably about six hours to do two two sets of twenty three, and that is like that's Facebook scrolling, that's online Twitter profiles, that's just it's next level yeah. laws, mate. It's like a high level. Hey, people, I see, I didn't even know that sort of research went on, and Burnsy's whinged many a time about putting hours into this. I didn't realize it was that extensive. It's yeah, it's, it's quite, it's satisfying in the knowledge that you've, you know, provided good material for everyone. But at the same time, I've I've done it with, so we sit in the trucks at the game as well and talk to the commentator, the co-commentators, where they've used phrases that I've written earlier in the week, word for word. And I, th- I hear and I'm like, that sounds awesome. I'm like, wait a second, I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> right there, that line is the only acknowledgement you will ever get as well. So you saying that needs to be clipped up, mate, because when these mercenaries take them, you get no credit. You must have done that before, Vic, or you probably, you've, your research is extensive enough, but have you ever robbed anyone's lines and said them live? No, mate, no, because th- there's the misconception about lines, right? You've got Dallin on one, one side of the scale here, and if you ever catch the MLR stuff he's rolling with at the moment, I mean, they're amazing and they're getting traction, but then you actually think about it going, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do like his energy. Speaking of stats then, Vic, how did you find the weekend? Do you have to reference what weekend? St. George's Park, the massive in the van. It was, a, it was a shift, wasn't it? Like the weird thing was because, again, we were doing long days there, but because it was so sanitised, we weren't able to really interact with this. So you had the red zone around the pitch that we weren't technically allowed to go near. And you know, what for you guys coming across and having a chat, it would have been quite isolated, to be honest. And, but mate, all in all, really impressive. First and foremost, pretty amazing that it was even able to go on. Because it was only so was, like a few, it wasn't many weeks in the planning because... It was obviously it wasn't in the schedule until what like a month ago, yeah. a month ago. Or so, well, well, I think the broadcast was even later than that. I, I said seven days. I think you got a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bernsey. So I hadn't seen a massive amount of the Scottish women previously. Um, no, they kind of make a few appearances throughout. So that that was what was really impressive um, when the the women were playing and taking down the French first time around. That was good. Um, I probably going into it, I knew Ireland were going to be good. I didn't know they'd be that good. Like they were awesome. So I think Ireland going into Monaco were really interesting. Is this the Irish men you're talking about, Vic? The Irish men, yeah. Yeah, Irish men were brilliant, actually. So I knew Sexton was rapid because he came in before he'd played for Ulster. And it, they were saying, this guy's like Irish Prince champion. We're going, oh, yeah, another one, another school's champion. Here we go. And he, and he was electric. He was 10.4, he said, in one of the interviews. He, so he, that was... he's, he's quite strong as well. Like, good, athlete, good, athlete, good athlete all around, yeah. They had a lot of big lads. That's what I, that was my kind of takeaway from it. Some of their forwards were big crumpers, like. So, <laughs> big crumpers? Yeah, sore neck on the thing. <laughs> on, the, on the Tuesday morning, woke up. Was... Scrimmaging? What are they doing? Mate, Chippy having, having a go in the scrums. Chippy actually had the audacity to complain about how many scrums there are. Chip, that's what you're there for, mate. 24 Put scrums. your head guard on and stick your head in. 24 scrums on day one. Yeah, that, yeah, that was one of my takeaways. A lot of scrums. A lot of scrums. So I'm trying to think more like top line from... G- I, 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 so I had to pick the two GB squads. I was kind of forced into that at the, uh, the last session. Um, probably not surprising, really, with some of the calls. Um, I think when you start looking at it, the women's squads are a lot harder to call than the men's, actually. So that was quite interesting to see what names popped up couple of injuries, a couple of people returning back in, so they didn't quite make it. Um, but the women, they're probably one of the few teams that will be able to have a go at the New Zealanders in terms of physicality, like there were some, some units for them. So that bodes well going into it. Um, and then the men, I didn't have a massive diversity hit, to be honest. There wasn't a huge amount of um, non-English in, a couple of Scots, and I think uh, Luke Triangle in for Wales. So um, that was my... 
pitch to it. I will obviously go back to that when the squad's announced and see how many I got right. But I don't think I'll be far off. Oh, don't worry, Vix. We'll be we'll be putting those up on socials. We'll get them get them lined up. I want to focus on a little team by team if we can. You mentioned Ireland surprising you, sex and speed. Sex, sex and speed. What else about them impress you? Big crumpers, according to Chip, but a little bit more technical surrounding that and why they're going to go so well yeah. at Monaco. Fair. So the big question mark going into it was how they cope without a few of them or the Bulls. So McNulty's playing in the USA. Uh, Levy, I think, is injured, some were saying. Anyway, I thought they might lack a little bit of a grunt up front with it. But then their back line, um, Roach wasn't involved, was he? I don't know where he was. He's normally quite pivotal for them. But then they had they had Kennedy playing at 10 for a bit. Then Sexton came in at centre and then Conroy at wing. And I was like, oh, my God, you're looking at potentially one of probably the fastest three men in combination on the series. Um, so that, that was really exciting, just if they got much ball. And then, like, their engines were phenomenal. They just didn't seem to tire. They did blow up first game about 10 minutes in a little bit, but not too bad. And then they actually had a couple of big lads up front who really got stuck in. I was just really devastated. I didn't get a chance to shout out Scolzi playing at St. George's Park. That would have been epic. Uh, oh, yeah, amazing. It's somewhat, what they were t- chatting to him in the scrum, and I thought it was just because he's a little ginger lad. And I was like, oh, go on, Scolzi, <laughs> get this scrum in, son. <laughs> and, um, and then after I found out, it's his actual name, so... Fair play, big hands. Yeah. Um, so Sullivan was good, wasn't he? I thought he went really well, Sullivan, the big lad. Um, although then saw some weird stuff on the old Instagrams with Conroy, who, if anybody is checking this out online, go and have a look at Jordan Conroy's Instagram. Because, again, I asked him, actually, on an interview, how would you define what it is that you do? Because it's just mental. mental. He's and a then Sullivan was rooming with him. Blog, I think he goes... <laughs> Mate, he's mad as a March hare, isn't he? Oh, I, I, I like him, nice guy, but just odd. I've said to him, like, what are you doing? Well, <laughs> he's not as bad as Colin Giles, though. Big shout out to a friend of the pod, Colin Giles, who kept tagging, <laughs> lo- kept tagging London. I'm like, Colin, you, you're bloody four hours away, lad. You're miles away. Yeah. Bless him. He had a shocker, though. He didn't get much air time, mate. It's like, is Colin playing? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really sick. Sick. You know, Colin's a classic case of, like, he'll tear up you know, in the big arenas, but can he do it on a soggy, wet day in Burton? The answer might be no. I reckon he was probably 60% more up for it than Perry Baker was in Chester. <laughs> it was just like, where what the hell, hell am I? This is <laughs> never seen anything like this. What are we saying USA though? Because they've been in a few tournaments now and it just ain't happening for them. And a lot of love to the USA guys. We've had a lot of them on. We had Geezer on recently, but... They had a pretty atrocious weekend. In fact, Mike Friday apologised on Twitter sure to the not. USA fans in the aftermath of that drubbing by Ireland. Don't talk but, about don't talk about yourself. Or... Why? Every Is time he, every time he saw Mitch, he was like, "I'm gonna absolutely <laughs> smoke him." <laughs> oh no, there was a couple of good ones there where he, he completely. I had like, one. Sure. I had one proper steamroll moment that really hurt my coccyx. <laughs> And then Temmers had one as well, didn't he? Temmers exactly had the worst the one. I don't know why he turned his back, but Yosefo was like, oh, thank you. Boom. Boom. Yeah, Yosefo was fancying it a fair bit. I did see that. If there was a slow-mo camera on your hit with him, it would be epic because you could almost meme it like you were flying through the galaxy. <laughs> so USA, though, like, do we think it's just those big-name players missing or they've obviously been hit quite totally dramat- dramatically by the, by, the, yeah. uh, by the pandemic? Or... Are they just playing shit now and they're going to boss it at the Olympics? Yeah, they're sharking everyone, mate. Exactly that, aren't they? They're going under the radar. They, they had the most travel, definitely. That was the hardest thing to adjust to. You know what it's like when you fly, when us lads used to fly east, so to Hong Kong or even Dubai at times. It could take you a few days to get your head around that. It was atrocious weather. Like, they must have been thinking, what the hell is this? Because it, was, it wasn't just raining. It was like horizontal, horrible rain. Um, but I guess it's the same for everyone. Yeah, wet and all. Silly. Silly. So I don't think they fancied it, to be honest. But then, you know, knowing Giz and what he's like, you thought he'd send a rocket and nothing really changed all that much, to be honest. So I've been intrigued to see how they revisit it. Well, they came back They came back and brought the noise a bit against GB. How did you guys find that game when they actually performed? Yeah, I think we were probably expecting that because as you say, Vix, like Giz would have sent a rocket at them at some point and finally got a reaction, I think, that last one. After they got drubbed by Ireland in the morning... We kind of knew they'd, they'd be better. Like, they couldn't be much worse, to be fair. They were pretty poor. 
Um, well, we just got killed at kickoff time. Like we lost all of our kickoffs and all but one of our receipts. So, as Vix will tell you, with some stats, maybe was there someone missing from the field for that game? No, Known for his if only we'd had someone in a big blue head guard bossing it, eh, Chip? Mm. I won't slide the lads off. It is one of them. Uh, it was. It was frustrating because obviously that was the end of our tournament as well. So it's not the way you want to end it. But actually, on reflection. For us, both both teams lost on the last day, and in terms of moving forward, sometimes that's not the worst thing. Like you never, it's never nice losing. But in terms of like longer term development, maybe you like gloss over areas. If we clean sweep the weekend, there's always that danger that no one gets complacent at this level as such. But there is that risk of glossing over things potentially when you've clean sweep. That's such a captain's answer. What New Zealand smoking Australia? That's why I'm not a captain. It. This is why. Go on, you, what would you say to I that? hate losing. I hate losing. I want to win everything. It's a piss take. You didn't try hard enough. Work harder, harder, harder. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm with you, Mitch. It was, um, yeah, it, you sometimes get swept under the rug if we um, win everything. Like, everything. Mm. Oh, everything's hunky-dory. A nice little crash back down to earth. Not all the way down, just like bum through the clouds. It rocks in your pocket. Surely it finished with a beer circle, didn't it? You have a few? Did it? Did it? Did it? Surely. COVID, it was a question. COVID friendly. It was a COVID friendly beer circle, yeah. You can have a COVID friendly beer. Uh, it was lovely, actually. <clears throat> One thing that did piss me off about the COVID, and I want to go back into this little social sorrow, but you just played a game, right? Jumping all over each other, scrums, rooks, malls a lot. And then at the end, you had to stand two metres away from each other in the circle. What a load of bollocks. Well, do you remember they were they were they were they were talking about giving out fines in the Premiership, hundred pound fines for celebrating after tries being scored? I mean, that is just ridiculous. They did it at, um, at Quinns, and in the meetings, every time someone got caught out, like either a coach taking a mask off or someone celebrating, it was like oh, ah! <laughs> and then it was even better when it was one of the like the um, the physios on the side. He got done three times in a row, like taking his mask off to speak into his mic. Yeah, right, it was good. Anyway, does he get fined every time? Yeah, hundred quid huh. or something. I think it was more than hundred quid. Chippy played at Quinns, by the way. I don't know if you know that fix. That's, so thanks, thanks, but no thanks from Quinns. So it is what it is. I need a new contract to get um, on pod again. But here he goes. He's yeah, fishing, he's fishing yeah. around for contracts yeah. again. I'm out of contract um, again. Go on then, right. So we we come back to the social circle in a second. Because we got you on, Vix, we can speak honestly about GB. Let's get your opinion. Earmuffs, boys, if you don't want to hear it. But what did you think of GB? Which players stood out for you? Because these boys are too modest and it's a bit of a tricky situation as well at times to give an appraisal. So really, really interested to hear what you've got to say on it. Um, standouts. So for the men, is this? For the men, yeah. For the men. Standouts for the men. I thought Max McFarlane went well. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Hey, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah. He um apparently they're looking at playing him all over the place as well, like centre wing and maybe hooker or something. So interesting if he uh, he gets a nod. He'd be he was in my twelve. Um great to see AJ back. He mixed up a little bit. Harry Nor's Nor's question, but obviously you were an out and out hooker in the day. What's your view on having like a sort of hybrid type player? in that hooker role that isn't an out-and-out fetcher-type player? Do you think you lose something in the team? Yeah, you do. But then when you've got a team like you're potentially going to have, you want it high-paced, that you don't necessarily need to be battling at breakdowns because the reality is you're not going to win a massive amount of them because you're not going to be bigger than some of the other teams. Like Fiji, why would you even piss about? There's only one big lad, mate, anyway. Only one big lad. (laughs) Uh, Harry Glover, mate. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Called, called a couple of scrums going, right, they put Harry at centre, he's going to dummy the ball on the inside and just run straight. First touch, try. Second one, they started Norton at centre, Harry Glover outside, dummy cut, bang, straight through the middle. Like he, If he wants, he could he could carve up anything. And that's what That does annoy me a bit, that no premiership team has gone, this guy is worth a significant contract. Because he, he could do what no prem centre does. He's just signed for Stade Francais. Yeah, I know he has, yeah. But on the back yeah. of going to Carcassonne, you know, he was like, you know, a bit of a joker play out there to get him on board. They've realised how good he was and then one of the big dogs have picked him up. Like, it doesn't shock me that happens. It just annoys me. It is annoying because it's like he um, hopefully has an amazing time at Stad, but that's two years where he's not going to play in England and might not come back. Like, we don't know. And how, how, many, how often does that happen? What is he now, though? 22? 
think. He's had a bit of an interesting pathway, though, because he was playing just for Newcastle Uni, wasn't he, before getting picked up by seven. So he's been yeah. well off the radar for a long time. So how does a player that good slip through the net? He came in straight out of school initially. Came in straight out of school back in like 2014-15 time. And then played a full-time year. Did one year. And then went to uni. So yeah, he was one of those that was sort of pushed off to uni, but said, you're still with us when you can. Um, and then did uni, sort of had the best of both worlds for a while. What a wanker, did both. He was called Holiday yeah. for a whole, I think maybe still now, to be honest. Three seasons, he'd just come and be 13th man. Come on, come on tour. Uh, he kept getting caught outside the hotel with ice creams. Horrendous professional. And now um, a couple of, Couple of baguettes and a couple of glasses of Van Rouge sorted him, squared him right away. He's in the shape of his life. He's playing the best rugby I've seen him play. Yeah, he, he's he's on a good trajectory at the moment. And it, I'm with you. It's just a shame. Same with Rory and Will Muir. Like absolute obscurity out of nowhere. And if you'd have seen Rory playing Kenya, you wouldn't have thought he'd have progressed at anything. To be honest, when he first came on board in 2013, both of those two uh, look like a bag of bag of bags. At least Harry. At least Harry looks the part. Yeah, he looked awesome, didn't he? So he, he was a standout. Um, and then, to be honest, my, the only question I have about GB, and this is knowing that Chip's on the call, th- there's just no no real big lads. Like, the fear is when you play against the Fiji or New Zealand that it's just going to be route one. And whenever teams play GB, they just try and make it a bit of a battle and make it physical. And that's why I was shocked USA didn't just go, right, let's just, let's just beat him up a bit here. Um, but that, that's a little bit of a fear towards Tokyo and what might happen with that because if Fiji get nasty and mean, you just need to step, step up to them. I'm not sure we've got the, the meat behind them on that. Too fancy, you're saying then? High, high, high pace will be surely the tactic, will it? <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. And, uh, and when Chip gets angry, he's out and out anaerobic, so he'll be good for like 30 seconds yeah. and he's done. <laughs> I don't think it's when I'm angry, I just think it's general out and out anaerobic. <laughs> One night in heaven, slight change attack. We can come back to um, the stuff that Burnsy wants to get. But change attack, while we're on Burnsy. this subject, Vic, big bruisers from back when you were playing, who were some of the scariest blokes that you remember when you're back on the series? Oh, well, you had the Samoans. Jesus, mate. We, it was um, Far Silver and Trevor Arnus. So the two of these absolute units against you. And then the, the scariest thing was when, when Far Silva went to, to Bath to play in their pack, he was like this tiny little open side on the side of the scrum. And like by far the smallest man in their pack. I was just thinking, how different is Sevens? Like this guy who is the giant. Like he used to sit people down for fun. He was a little kid in a game of 15. So that probably hit home when I'd finished going, oh yeah, <laughs> quite insular the world of seven. So he was a bit of a unit. Um, Kiwis, Kiwis didn't really have that many out and out monsters. They had Zar Lawrence, who was class. And, and it was Solomon King. And then, and then the battles of DJ started kicking in. Speaking of, speaking of big bruises in New Zealand, did you see Will Warbrick kill an Australian player through the centre on the social media? Holy shit. Has anyone checked oh, on that guy? Awesome. See whether he's breathing. Whoever it was. There was another shot as well. They got another lad that's coming through the racks. Was it Vui? Like he, he destroyed someone. So I'm, I dread to think how pumped New Zealand are coming to Tokyo build-up because they're going to do some sort of Oceania hit out as well, apparently, which could be carnage. Also, though, just a quick one in terms of big boys in the game. Did you see Palmer Fowles back for the Aussies? Yeah. Excited for that. Yeah, used to play. He's had a couple of years away from sevens. I'm not, I haven't been tracking his career, but has come back and he's bigger than he was. It looks more powerful. He's six five. He's a big, yeah. big boy now. He used to be quite, when he was on the World Series, wasn't he, Rog? He was like pretty slight, kind of had quite a young lad's body still. And he's bloody grown into it now, which is kind of scary because he's got a horsey his, step. His background was a uh, handball, which is why he was so good with the ball. Um, did his ACL, I think. That's why he left sevens. In fact, I think he might have done it twice. Uh, but he had everything. Like, he was the one guy. Aussies weren't great that year when he started playing more regularly. And this guy was just amazing. Like, big, fast, rapid. Could jump so high. Won every single restart. And then went off the scene. So, I was ah, oh, shame to have lost him, really. But good that he's back in. 
Um, Trey obviously got a run, as with the world saw. Bit of love on that one online. Yeah, you chiming in just to get some extra followers on that, I saw. Yeah, well, no Gary Lineker post, mate. So speaking of uh, engagements, just a solid million for that one. Um, so good to see Trey would actually do some because they're calling it quite a lot going, this guy's rapid, but just never got the ball. So I right, Aussie's going to go, well, in two of their games of the six they played New Zealand, they were only seven points down. It's like I saw some footage of Caleb Clark and obviously he's, a, he's been a big name in the All Blacks um, having come through. He was probably obscurity for a lot of people. And when he's playing for the All Blacks, I looked at him, I thought, oh, he's like really powerful and nuggety. But he looked wheels when he was playing sevens this weekend. There's a clip of him getting away from the Aussie defence and he's got, he goes fast and furious in the jet hills. It's, it's unbelievable. It looks like he slimmed down and got, got, got more prepared for sevens. I don't know if he's slimmed down, man. He's, he's what, 108 or something they were saying in the Super Rugby clips. He, he's massive. The, it, so I saw him first in Georgia for the 20s, the World Under-20s under Championships. And the team, that New Zealand team was awesome, but they had that Amour playing at hooker as well, who's obviously come through. I thought he'd be really good at sevens. What's that? Simon. Simon Amour. <laughs> Amour. Um... Yeah, you have to get him on the pod, mate. Might have a bit of time to do those now. Oh. Back in the mix with sevens, I hear. Crikey. Crikey. We're, um, anyway, we're, dig- we're digressing a little bit because we, we did go back to rugby from the social circle and you guys are about to spill the beans. That's, That's why he's got, got a pen. pen. That's, That's why, why he got you back on track, track there. Beer circles, you two go. go. We need you in this um, in this mix, Burnsy, don't we? This is why it's your pod. You keep telling us. Mitch dipped it's into his pocket. It's up. Got a big round in for the boys. Got round in for the boys. Been been a long time. Oh, hotel hotel beers. Ooh, big cash. You bought me a few beers back in the day, Rod. So I learnt from you back when I was a poor student on tour. That was yeah, nice, yeah. quiet one. You know, a couple of shickers, nothing to report back really. Look. Have you so have you have you had have you had the life changing the team changing booze up yet? Has it happened? Like, has have you captured the unicorn? No, the unicorn has not been captured. Lindsay, they weren't even able to sit next to each other at breakfast. Yet alone have a piss up. But how you do a social bonding thing in this environment, I've got no idea. But you guys look pretty tight from a distance. But how do you even cope internally like that? It must be brutal. Well, the unicorn, the unicorn was glimpsed, Burnsy, to use your metaphor, but it hasn't been captured and. Vich, you, you've always been a big advocate for a social in terms of team bonding, haven't you? Like, can you explain why it's so important? Because it sounds, it's hard to put it into words because it sounds like people are like, well, you you're professional love, athletes. Like, you just love the piss. So yeah. yeah. People don't think it's a thing, but it is a thing. It's not, it's not even exclusive to rugby though, is it? I mean, you've been on your classic stag do's or even like, you know, reunions or whatever. It's, it's just a way of breaking down barriers and the thing is with boozing, it just puts people at ease a little bit because those who are perhaps a bit more rigid than others, the barriers come down a bit and you can have a different type of conversation. Others perhaps don't need the booze because they're already full ball. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for the pause. What, me? No. Norton, another one, doesn't need the booze. You know, he's always going to break down barriers. Do you know what's funny about Norts think- is all the Scottish boys have been like, I can't believe he's like this. You know, that old classic. can't believe it. He always seems like you're so like, you know, serious and quiet and like focused. Everything he puts on social media, he's so professional. He's always talking about training. And, and when you get near him, all he's talking about is shagging your mum. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's hilarious? So this was 2016 all over again, because the questions we were asking about, you know, team bondings and who surprised you, that was the same conversation. So someone like, I don't know, Scott Riddell used to, he used to really row with Norton because they were completely polar opposites, quite insular and Norton being the most extrovert human in the, on the planet. They all thought that Rodwell was going to be like a piss taker, like real fun lad. <laughs> no, 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 no. You've got the roles reversed here. Norton, you can't shut up. Rodwell's the boring one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. No comment. <laughs> um... Right, right, boys. So we've we've covered the men extensively, and we are going to probably cover the women in a little bit more detail next week because we don't have Bert's on this week. So, Vix, hit us with the highlights, the headlines from the weekend's action, and we'll just in the back of our minds, we'll have the fact that the New Zealand women played the Australian women this weekend, and the New Zealanders won five one. But fair play to the Aussies for even getting a victory because. 
pretty much no one beat New Zealand in the whole series last time we had one. It was like three three games have lost in two years, and it's crazy. Um, I actually think they went quite close on a couple more games, Aussie women, because I was speaking to Ricky Swanell and she was saying they um, they, they impressed. Um, for the women, I think the one thing that's really exciting about the women is the blend that they've now got, because traditionally when you look at a, a predominantly England team who have struggled for the last couple of years, to be honest, but normally there'd be one or two really standout players. Whereas looking at it now, they're good across the board and they've got absolute wheels, definitely the fastest they've ever looked because they've got Jazz Joyce who... She's rapid. Um, and then Rona Lloyd was quality as well. So I think when you look at those two adding to what will be the majority of an, of an English backbone of, this, of the squad, that's really exciting. And then the other side of it is they've got some absolute G units. So mixing it up, I think they're going to go really well. But I'm, I must admit, I didn't think necessarily two years ago you'd be looking at potentially even qualifying. And then if they did qualify, it could be a bit of a brutal trip knowing how good France were over the last three or four years. So that win out for the qualification was huge. And I definitely think now medal contenders, without a doubt, I think. So it's really exciting to see how they've grown and progressed, actually. So all good. Wow. That, that is high praise. Ro- Rona Lloyd was out of She's control good. that weekend. She scored for Loughborough this weekend in the Premier 15s. I saw that. Wheels. It was. So funny you mentioned Skaz. Would you like to see some of the England 15s girls come across and come into the sevens? Because I know that the likes of Mo Hunt and Abby Scott came back into the mix for this GB tournament, but they were the only two. Would you like to see... I know you want to see a few more, don't you? Like yeah, Ellie I do. Kildun, I, I do think... Abby Dow, where are they? Well, Jess Breach, she'd, she'd go well, wouldn't she? Get her on, on, yeah. the, on the ding-a-ling as well. She'd go well. Um, I do, I think... The problem is, I get it, like there's a constraint in terms of how many players they've got and if they want to look at the 15s contract compared to the sevens contract. But if you are that good, then you need to play. And I think it would be amazing for the women's game. Bear in mind, we always say Olympics changes conversations because 2.3 billion people watch it. So if you can put in your best team, why would you not? Certainly when the, the, the conversation was around, will they transition from the Six Nations to be like Olympics fit? But you've got someone like Emily Scarrett you need to be 100% fit for sevens? She could surely do stuff in two or three minutes that no one else in the world seven series could do. So I, th- I think they're missing a trick not bringing in some of the women, but I do get it. And it's probably more politicised than it need be, but it's a bit of a shame. Now that answer. It's as if you're a professional, Vix. You thought about it. Yeah, it's, it's nice what to work with a pro for a change. <laughs> Fuck off, Lindsay. <laughs> Um, what do what do I reckon with it with the women and 15s players coming? I don't know, in? I don't oh, know I, why they they. I think be. I think a hundred percent. I think especially when you consider that there's there's obviously going to be no World Cup, so there is no credible reason why they shouldn't. Obviously, they have brought a couple of players in, and yes, the Premier 15s stuff has been happening, but that only accounts for a certain number of players. And as the semi final showed at the weekend players are able to go out and come back in. Like you had Burt's playing centre for the first time ever, I think, um, for Wasps at the weekend. Rona Lloyd scored a load of other talented girls. Maybe it might disrupt the harmony of the team. I don't know how you guys would feel if suddenly they just parachuted 10 players into into the GB men's setup. But I feel that from the women's side, it's a lot more aligned. It's a less developed game, both sides of it. And as Vic said, you You've got to be trying to get your best players out there to try and win gold. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the problem is now, though, yeah, it'd be too late now. It's too far down the line just because of time frames. But why it hasn't happened more, you know, a month ago, I think, Vic, you probably nailed it when you talked about being politicised. I think there's... I, I don't know, though, because there's some, you know, I haven't spoken to Skaz. Is, is she bothered? Like, maybe she doesn't want to do it. What about next year? Talk about schedules. Next year, they're potentially going to have... Is it comms game next year? I lost my... Comms yeah. game, comms, and then World Cup 7s, and then World Cup 15s. That's what I mean. So if, if they're going to try and come up with something then, surely the time to try it would be now. Who, uh, what 15s players, men's-wise, fix? If you could pick a forward and a back, would you pick? We're, we're, just, we're, just, we're just thinking out loud here, just just for like fantasy team purposes. Um, I get asked it a lot. I think... That, I would normally have said, certainly for 2016, I said I wouldn't really have had anyone because I didn't think they would have upped the uh, 
the, the pace, fitness, physicality, whatever. But because the game's changed a bit and looking at the GB model, someone like Underhill, he'd be awesome. Just an absolute dog, engine, grafter. Love to see him in the forwards. And then for wing, I mean, would, would how fast do you reckon Zamit is? What do you reckon? Reece Zamit, would you say he's like noughts quick? Close enough. Close enough. I'd say his wheel's enough to be dangerous in sevens. Yeah. I'd have a look at him. He'd, he'd get drafted. So we go. And then maybe, I suppose, like Van der Merwe, again, because you could play him at prop. Get a bit of a wheelsy prop. Imagine a prop with gas, mate. Imagine a prop with gas. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've been through, we've been through this a hundred times. That patch of grass in Cape Town was overwatered that afternoon. And you just happened to hit you just happened to hit a boggy part when Hernandez was after you chip. <laughs> oh. I think you did a disservice, mate. What about when you when you broke through and started carrying the ball like a little nut? Just off you went. No one got near you, mate. They told you. Yeah. I remember that Cape, one. Cape Town. Yeah. Probably last try score that. <laughs> it would be remiss of us to not speak about the repechage in full because it's a huge event that's happening in Monaco. What, in around about a month's time? And there's been a few goings on with some other teams in the competition. So the big conversation at the moment is on Tonga. And they have said as a union that they're going to look to use European-based players, which begs the question where they're going to get them from, who could it be? Massive, massive conversations with premiership clubs potentially because you've got a whole host of them who are playing in the Prem that could potentially do a good job or at least be a bit of an unknown quality going into it. So you've got Piertau, Ciala Piertau, Bristol. Patlam might well be quite keen on that. A couple up in Newcastle. I think Cooper Vuna's at Newcastle. Yeah. Top boy. Yeah. <laughs> Tane Tukalua as well. Um I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get released is the only problem because he's in their off-season now. Vianu, potentially. Yeah, he's... You know, he's, these, wow. these players you kind of thrown in. So I don't know what they're going to do. And I'm guessing, knowing Tongans and loving France, there's probably a lot of them in France that could destroy teams as well. So that's an ongoing conversation. France are obviously looking pretty strong and they've brought in a couple of more units after seeing them play in Dubai look really good um, in both the men and the women. Um, but for me, Ireland. I think Ireland are the team who are looking so good and have been talking about it and have prepared for it and have had that big game mentality in Hong Kong. I'm really excited to see how they're going to go. Nice. You haven't mentioned That's Samoa that. in that mix? I haven't mentioned Samoa, no, for a reason. I, I just, I'm not sure that the transition out of Titchen's reign, I think a lot of their players have been in New Zealand playing a bit of club rugby. I'm not sure they're going to be that sevens fit. Although saying that, they've got, Alessio, who in Bermuda was incredible. Friend of the pod, yeah. And if he if he's pulling strings, they've got a chance. But I just think it's they're not going to be well old enough, I don't think, to take on someone like Ireland, who, and you guys know it because you, you played against them, but they're looking so strong right across the park. Nice. Mm. Less so for the women. A bit frustrating. I didn't realise it was two teams qualifying, actually. So it kind of takes away the romance a bit of those France-Russia games has been the big... The big battle, but yeah. Hong Kong women—you don't know what they're going to do. Um, I would be surprised if it isn't France and Russia. Yeah, the women agree. Do you know what's interesting? Not so much me because it's a different type of relationship, but I'm always surprised that players don't engage more with commentators and actually get to know them as people. I try Vix when I see anyone who I know, who I know is a commentator. I'm always a, happy to go for a beer with them or after a tournament mm. or have a chat in the lift. I think the tough thing is about time in the week, you know, because we're like in, you know what it's like, you're in and out and on your days off, you don't really want to be around the hotel. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I know what you mean. I think it's changed a bit and I feel like it's changed in the last couple of years. Maybe that's just maturity thing. But mm. also it's, just, it's similar with other teams, isn't it? Because you sort of will just always end up reverting to your group. Like, so you always mm. think, God, actually, I wish I'd spent the afternoon maybe getting to know some of the other blokes from the other teams. But invariably they're on a different schedule or they're hanging around with their team and it just creates a limit to this the relationships that you build to some extent i don't know is that what you, is that yeah it's strange because from my point of view now as like an ex player now commentator or whatever I, and i've spoke to more people than i probably ever had as a player and when you start getting to know them it definitely it it prejudices your thought of them as people because you know how they are with personalities it's really interesting how that then translate into what you're saying about them. I suppose the other thing that's weird for me is still commentating on players that I played with. That's weird. That will 
always be a bit strange. But from your point of view, it must be even stranger than a player with coaches that you played with. How do you find that? It's a tough one in the fact that I think for the obviously Rodgers being the main example, like I like that when he was a player as a an like you've, you kind of value his opinion, and I'd go back and forth with him. We chat about stuff, and now it's kind of more of a he does question as well. But like at the end of the day, I know that if he says something, I've got to say yes. Like he's he's like he's got the final word, no matter what it is. No, it's it's, it's tough, but. At the same time, like it just takes a bit of time to shift, yeah. doesn't it? Dynamic. He's, it's been two years now, and I'm like to terms with the fact that, like more than more than often, he's thought about what we're talking about way more than I have. Do you know what I mean? Like I've gone in with an idea that I've thought about, and he's gone in with the same idea that I've thought about, and he's thought about the other side of it, and then he's thought about what he'll come back with, and then what I'll come back with after that. So he's like four steps down the line <laughs> with thinking about problems. Than I am, so like you've got to respect that. And at the end of the day, he's like, he is a like a, as you said, he's a he's a nose and he knows his stuff. On the commentator thing, Vix, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I never thought about this. But it's really nice when you, when you hear someone talking about your commentary, and there is that sort of warmth or familiarity when you do know them. Um, it's not something I've really, but I also miss out on a lot of the comms because generally when I watch the games, I'm watching them for analysis, so I don't have the comms on. But in like last couple of seasons, I started watching them putting the comms on just for the enjoyment. Because, and I'm not just saying this because you're here and I want to polish your nuts, but it is it is enjoyable listening to the comms. And actually, the World Series in the last couple of years has been blessed with a great commentary team. Like, and I'm not disrespecting a lot of other rugby commentators out there, but I think particularly strong in the World Series. It's enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, but what? But for you as players, like. Do you care that much about what the commentators might say in the heat of a moment? At the moment, I think I don't think there's ever anything that's said on commentary that could really rile you. Though I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. Like what would nothing because nothing's coming at you that's personal, is it? No. If it would be, then that might be a different issue. But if they're like, guy, like he he should have done better there, or like that was a bad decision, like I'll probably agree with them when I'm watching it. So, and I'm way harsher on myself than the commentators have ever been. Mm. Um, but it's intriguing isn't it, to, to think that personalities do come through. The, the, most, the most relevant to that conversation is someone like Werner Koch, who, when you watch play a game, they go, this guy's an absolute psychopath. Like, he would bite your face. And actually speaking to him and, and getting to know him, wonderful human being. And that then changes your perception of what you're able to describe, which otherwise would be quite thuggish behaviour. But you just know it's passion, and it comes to in a different way. <laughs> Friend of the policy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yet to come oh, on that. He hasn't been on, but he's a definite probably, friend. Probably a listener, probably maybe a future friend. Who knows? So how did we join the campaign to get Bertie on the seven series then? Is that what we need to push, is it? We'll get him big, on. Big time. We'll get him on. Big Jack Zorab's already started the campaign. <laughs> he's he's going to camp- 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 The campaign started uh, two and a half years ago uh, with a thing called Seventh Heaven, but ago. no one appears <laughs> to have picked up the campaign <laughs> yet. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I'll get some badges done for you. Yeah. Some merch, that'd be nice. I'll, I'll sort you out with some merch fix and we'll get you a flat first, then we'll get you some merch. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say? And then a hair transplant. <laughs> mate, Vix, really, really good to have you on, mate. Really good. Well, Thanks for pleasure, taking the Jones. time. Pleasure. Top man, you're a top top bloke. One night in heaven, one night in heaven. I thought that was class, by the way. Like, really good to have him, mate. Some gold in there. Some, really good bloke. Like, you underestimate how knowledgeable he is about the actual game. Like, obviously, he called him Vicanos before the pod, and he called himself Vicanos on the pod. But he's he's a stat man. Be bat 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 bull. He knows his stuff. Um, he loves it. He's always loved rugby. He's always loved rugby. Mm. But no, he's great. That was really good to get him on. And a good it's look. Also, nice, interesting conversation around the commentating thing. Like, not, not an angle we've... Um, we didn't go into that sort of depth when we chatted to Maloney and to KT. Um, interesting getting Vix's take on it as a former player, someone who we both played with, and now he's commentating. It's actually quite a nice thing. I, I, I find it quite reassuring having an ex-player of his calibre and knowledge in the commentary box. Mm. All right, there you go. Plenty more competition to see GB7s in action before Tokyo calls. It is less. It is less than 100 days away. 
and we are all getting very excited. And the only way to keep abreast of all the goings on in the world of sevens is, of course, at your celestial one-stop pod for all things rugby seven, seventh heaven. Until next time, it is adios. Really? All right.